Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am the host of the show, Perry, and I am so happy to be welcoming back the two main co-hosts of the show, Swan and Curtis. Guys, hello there. Hello. Hey, what's up? Howdy. Welcome welcome back to the to the show. Uh, we are very excited to get into this week's news, but before we do that, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has been Still downloading and listening to the show despite the quarantines or the isolations, and especially everybody who has been listening to the brand new ISO Sessions series, uh, which has been coming out every Friday. There's been two that have come out so far, one with ADHD Whiskey and the other with uh, Peggy No Stevens herself. Two really great conversations, and uh, I'm really excited about the one that's coming out this Friday. Uh, I, I'm... I was very lucky to get this person on the show, and I think I'm more excited about it than anybody else will be. <laughs> but I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that, and I hope that you guys uh, listen to it. Um, there's gonna be a not safe for work tag at the beginning of it, though. Just a <laughs> just a heads up. Okay, so you all know what's what's going on. Um, anyway. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to all that. So we start every show out with flying blind. You guys are, but you have been presented with two samples for this week's episode. One has question marks on it, and the other has exclamation points on it. The question marks one will be your flying blind sample, and then the one with the exclamation points. We will be reviewing that one uh, later on in the show. So if you guys want to go ahead and get poured up. Perry, I've been flying blind all week, man. With those like masks I've got to wear at work, they just fog up my glasses. So I've just been running into stuff. <laughs> or like customers will be like, hey, where's this at? And I'm like, over there? I don't know. <laughs> Can you wear contacts, one? No, I can't. Uh, mostly because I poke myself in the eye enough without using contacts that I just can't get myself to put them in correctly. I just, I don't know. I don't need another excuse to poke my eyes out. I like concerning. <clears throat> yeah. You just sit there and you're like, ah. <laughs> He's not even really like putting them in. He's just poking himself yeah. in the eye with it. Like <laughs> I'm not kidding. I went to the I went to the what is it, optometrist, I guess. Yeah. And they they're like, you have to put these in before you leave. And I was younger at the time. And like it was just 20 minutes of me like I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. Can't do it. Can't do eye drops either. I don't know what it is. It's just like, See, I'm not scared of it. I just after that. How old were you? It has been like 10 years. Maybe I need so, to try again. You know, maybe you're 25 years old and you're like, oh, I've matured. And then <laughs> and I've learned some new skills. My motor skills are a little better. Like maybe we can. Listen, if I can do it. I'm going to be so proud. I'm putting it on my resume. Like it's, it's up <laughs> age there. 25 successfully used contacts for the first time. Yeah. So yeah. like, I, I don't, um, and I know this is contradictory because I just took these off, but I don't wear glasses. I, these are just blue light glasses that I use when I'm, I, on, on my computer a lot, which has been very frequent now that I'm constantly looking at my computer screen, waiting for people to call in, wondering about why they haven't gotten their unemployment check yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm in the same boat as you are, Swan. If I had to wear glasses, I would only wear glasses. I wouldn't use contacts. See, and I prefer my glasses because I also have the blue light filter. And if you work in retail, the lights up above are like blinding. So you have <laughs> to use those to kind of cut out some of that blue light. Or it will give you a headache and mess with your eyes a little bit. 
Anyways, question Anyways, mark. Yeah, I got that question marks. Yes. What do you guys think about the nose on this one? This is dense. I don't know if that's a great descriptor, but like it's it is very like full. It hits you all it's at rich. once. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That one. I like dense though. I think dense is highly appropriate, especially when you're talking about like complexity. Yeah, I mean, do you ever like struggle to kind of figure out what's going on and then you get something like this and it just fills every every bit of like your sensory uh stuff, I guess. I don't know what to call it. I, I don't know what I'm talking about here. It's senses, maybe? There you go. Those. The palette does it too. It's very it's dense all around, I think. I'm glad we have an audio medium for me to not know how to use words. It's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, also, I didn't mention this uh, as we were starting. Well, we are now live streaming um, these recording sessions for Patreon as well. So if you are not a patron of the show, you want to join, you can head to patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast and become a patron. Uh, and you get to see our smiling faces in different rooms, in different houses as we record. Swan, you made quite the face as you were. Uh, this reminds out. me of a Texas whiskey. This is the second time that you've said that <laughs> yeah. about a fine blind recently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting a uh, barbecue sauce a little bit, <laughs> like charcoal bar- brisket. Yeah, like a like a smoked meat barbecue. That's where I'm leaning to. Only reason I say is it's weird. It tastes young. But it's got like an extra char to it, like almost like it's got a really heavy char. And I don't know why. I always associate that with like something that's gone through one of those like ultra aging processes or is just really in like a hot environment. Uh, Or maybe like a cycled warehouse. Like the, um, what was that Brown Foreman product? The King of Kentucky kind of had that Mm -hmm. going on with it a little. Swan, you need to try the Garrison Brothers Balmeray mm-hmm. because it, it's uh, it's double oaked. Texas okay. It's very good. Uh, of the, the ones that I had on my stream last week uh, with all the bottles and samples that Clint Mann sent, I think this one was my favorite. That's fair. I'd love to try some of it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of it that he sent me, so you're going to have quite a few opportunities to try these products. We go on an edumacate, just one. Edumacate. Then maybe I'll stop calling every flying blind a Texas bourbon. This <laughs> <laughs> Texas. <laughs> All right. So you guys like this? It sounds like. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the fence with it, to be honest. Leaning towards good, though. Yeah. So when when I was getting um, this next round of samples together for you guys for recording. I was freaking out and I was like, I can't just give these guys three samples. I've got to give them a fourth one. And so I was like scrambling around and thinking, I was like, what do I have? What do I have? What do I have? And I went, Oh, I'll do another blend. (laughs) So so this is a blend of a, it's, it's three gem bean products. Okay. Mm, Okay. Uh, The first is not, not that one. It's heavy. I, I, Swan and I, but I mean, I think what we've described as it being like a dense, heavy kind of feel. Yeah, that's where I'm part. Part of me is like, I really like it, but it, 
if it's too much of it, like I can't have a lot. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I could see it benefiting from being cut with a little bit of water. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It um, might open up some of those flavors. So it's a blend of a 1970 Jim Beam hundred month old decanter. Um, the last of my bourbon karma pick. I love that stuff. I love that bottle so much. It's one of my favorite bottles uh, of not creek picks I've ever had. And a little bit of Jim Beam repeal batch. So you're going sure. old, you're going modern, non-chill filtered, low proof, and then you're going the high proof, uh, older whiskey, right? I think this might have been the one that kind of turned it a little bit. The repeal batch. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that one 101 month older bottle is what I got the most of, to be honest with you, like the most influence off of. Sure. Uh, I mean, it is, it is evident that there is a, a, a dusty note to it. For yeah. Sure. yeah. But I think that it's got a, a pretty good little mingle of all three of those. And to be fair, I, I just threw this blend together. I, <laughs> I, w- I wasn't like taking my time and thinking about it. I was like, something, something. I have a lot of uh, Jim Beam products and just yeah. threw them all together. You so. were like, in, have like beakers and like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I have graduated cylinders though, right? Joseph Brazo yeah. sent them to me. No, I graduate from. Um, I'm just, just move on. We're, we're getting past that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to address it. I want to. <laughs> I want to keep referencing it <laughs> throughout the show so that <laughs> I have to leave it in the edit. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Actually, it would be kind of cute with a giant like cylinder, but the, like the little hat and the tassel. <laughs> nice. nice little robe. <laughs> anyway, dumb science jokes. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, what do you think? The you said. Maybe it's the repeal batch that turned it a little bit. How do you? How did you mean on that? I just mean like I think that that was kind of the one factor that provided that note that wasn't as pleasant. Okay. You know, and I'll, I'll, I mean I'm I'm not married to this blend by any means. Yeah. I mean I like I said I just threw it together. I don't have you know strong feelings about it one way or another. Um, but. I just I, I know that it's not one hundred percent what it could be. Yeah, I, I get that. Oh. Anyway, yeah. So that was uh, flying blind. I've now got to figure out what to do for you guys for next week's episode as well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm running out of options. I feel like you're going to start getting benchmark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's go for it. Why not? <laughs> What if I did a blend of the worst whiskeys that I have? I've got one of those in my freezer. You want to compare worst whiskeys blended yeah, sure, together? Why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. This is going to sound awful. The other day, I had a bunch of like legal paper and stuff that I needed to shred, but I don't have one. So I was like, well, I'll just toss it in the like we've got an old charcoal grill and I put it in there. And I, I started lighting the paper on fire and I was like, oh, it's just not going fast enough. And I'm really not even supposed to be doing this. So I went inside and grabbed that fifth of like, or that handle of wild turkey 101 that's just mixed with a bunch of crap bourbon. It just poured it all over. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he lost his eyebrows that day. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're very much still here. Yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> they get any bushier. I'm taking flight. Like it's uh... a. <laughs> I don't think I ever re- realized that. Then things are thick, dude. Yeah. <laughs> With two C's. That's yeah. why I wear glasses. It gets rid of them. And it's <laughs> gone. Uh, I like I like the notion of um, of a bad infinity bottle. I think that's really funny. That's what I have. It's basically like half a handle of Wild Turkey 101. So I was like, if I'm going to give these bottles any semblance of like hope, it's going to be mixing it with something like a good base. Sure. Kurt's like turning over right now. He's like, well, it started off bad, but, uh, <laughs> and then I just mixed a bunch of crap whiskeys and then I'll take either shots or like mix it with stuff or, uh, just use it like that. And it is just awful. Like some of the stuff <laughs> I've put in there has absolutely ruined all of it. I mean, it's the whole thing's bad. It, it, please tell me you put a little bit of the cherry wood smoked barley in there. No, Perry, that's all at your place <laughs> for further torture. Uh, I can't, I can't do it. So I did have a moment recently where I was looking at my cabinet and I, I just straight on went, Oh, what's this? And I went, Oh, <laughs> cause I forgot that I had that monstrosity in my possession. And it's like, it's like a bad recurring dream. <laughs> like you forget about it. You've kind of gone, you're at peace with it after a while. And then every, every once in a while, you know, maybe, maybe like two or three years down the road, you have the same dream again. And you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was over this. <laughs> we should hide it under Perry's bed. And like <laughs> one night he looks under and he's like, yeah, monsters are real. <laughs> <laughs> they do exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Name that reference. Oh, man. Uh, you're going to have to tell me, actually. I don't know. Oh, have you never seen that M&M's commercial? Where they're, they're, it's at I, Christmas time, and they're going into the living room, and okay. um, they see Santa, and he's like, yeah. they do, he does exist. And Santa also passes out because he sees them and goes, they do exist. Yeah, okay, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, anyway, weird tangent. We haven't even gotten to what we've been drinking recently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, what have you guys been drinking recently? For me, to be honest, uh, I took a little hiatus this week. I uh, I had over the quarantine had my my uh, my fill of bourbon because there was nothing else to do. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this week I, I said, okay, I, I should probably detox my body a little bit and <laughs> and just give it a rest. So I, I I hadn't had anything. This is like the first one. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> all right uh i've been having uh i have two or three knob creek picks open i've just been trying those and figuring out what i like about each one and kind of like taking the time to deep dive into it admittedly most of the time when i drink at the house like i don't use a glencairn or a norland it's just like a rocks glass dump it in but like i actually took the time to put it in you know glencairns and try it and kind of think about it a little and even gave like some of them scores and figured out what I liked about them. Um, it was fine, but you know, after three hefty pours of knob Creek and like one night, the only conclusion you can come to is, wow, there's two TVs and I only own one. Like it's just, <laughs> what kind of a realization is that? <laughs> I mean, I just, it was, it's, so, it's so strong, Perry. Like, it just, it got to me. Well, no what kidding. were you watching? Because 
it was playing the same thing. <laughs> why is oh, Aliens man. playing on two TVs? Yeah. <laughs> Wait no. a second. Why are there two programs on? <laughs> no, I watched a documentary. Oh, I'll get to it later, but it's it's giving me my tips and bits. But uh, I was watching that, and that is a roller coaster. So it's definitely, really? in my opinion, if you if you were riding the high from Tiger King, this is a good next thing to get to. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I don't know what that means exactly, but we'll find out. I'm sure. It's just in the same vein, you know. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I, I, it sounds bad, but I feel like I've gotten a little bored with having the same bourbons all the time. So you have been having beer. Yes. Nailed it. And I had a couple margaritas this week. Cause we ordered, we ordered takeout from a Mexican restaurant and I, I was like, so you guys are doing, uh, you're doing drink takeout too, right? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I go, you're going to need to throw two margaritas on that order as well. <laughs> margaritas are awesome. I, they are dangerous. Yes. And I love them. I, I do, but I can only have one every now and then. Because they actually, like, the citrus of it gives me such bad acid reflux. I could see that. <laughs> that, like, after after one good one, I'm like, I'll have something All else. Right. Uh, me, I just go, yeah, we'll take a whole picture. <laughs> <laughs> I, pr- I probably should have gotten a picture just so I could have it, you know, for longer. But I, I did, um, I had one of the Boone County... Uh, stouts yesterday as well the 2018 goose island uh stout so good you know what i keep calling it boone county it's bourbon county isn't it yeah yeah I, I don't know why i keep doing that i apologize i don't know i still know where one of those like 17 18 19 sampler packs are too if I, you saw, need one. I saw one of those out in the wild too yeah there's a couple of little stores that have them and like the nice thing is is there's gonna be a lot of stores the second liquor stores are officially like open again i'm going hunting because a lot of the ones with drive-thrus have just been drive-through only and there's not many people that are like hey here's a list of every rare bourbon i'm looking for can you just go down this list and see if you've got <laughs> any of them no like they're yeah. going to be like let me get a fifth of wild turkey 101 so <laughs> there there have been a couple of uh local stores that are still posting on instagram when they get something special in um like like jackson's the the place that you have that pair uh, that barrel pick from kurt mm-hmm. um they're still posting daily about new stuff that they're getting in and it's not always, you know, like limited releases or anything, but it, it's stuff to, you know, consider going yeah. and getting. And they can do they they do drive through as well. So safe, safe practices, I guess. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been drinking. Otherwise, it's, um, you know, been kind of standard filler, I would say, aside from doing my live stream last week uh, with all the Texas whiskeys. Thank you again, Clint Mann, for sending me all of those. Texas whiskeys. It, it was a wild ride. Let me tell you. Whatever I thought I, I was getting into, I was not ready for it. I was not ready for it. Anyway, guys, we got significantly less news this week than we have. There is not much. There is very little going on in the world of bourbon this week, but there's some big stuff that happened, though. 
There's some big stuff. We're going to talk about uh, positives first, I feel like. Or I would like to talk about positives first. Yeah. If that's okay with you guys. And Swan, you might not feel like this could be a positive, but um, I'm, I am at least a little bit excited for it. Buffalo Trace announced uh, their newest experimental series bottle, uh, which is a weeded bourbon uh, that was barreled for four years, 114 proof, then cut with water to 100 proof and rebarreled for eight years. So it's a 12-year-old weeded bourbon uh, for $47, uh, suggested retail price, uh, the 23rd release in the series. <laughs> the exasperated noise, I feel like, is all I can make because... I just don't know what Buffalo Trace is thinking anymore. <sighs> Swan concurs. <laughs> I just don't, I don't get it, man. Like if you're going to expand your Weller line and this fits in it, then just put it in the Weller line. Like, I mean, that's, that just seems like a, smart thing to do i mean what are they waiting for for people to come back and put the feedback on this to decide whether or not they like it i don't think anyone is going to look at a weller product to think wow this was a misstep like no let's just just put it in the line is this what it's uh do you guys think it's anticipated for oh yeah it's going to be gone the second it touches any store i doubt half of this will even make it to the shelf sure yeah i but you think that's what it'll it'll end up being Potentially, that it'll wind up being another Weller product. Yeah, or no? no. I don't. No. I don't think so personally. I think that this is just uh, Harlan Wheatley being the scientific mastermind that he is. Okay, and trying to do something new and something different. And I mean that that is. I I cannot I cannot think of anybody who pulls a, a whiskey out of the barrel cuts it and then it ages it for twice as long as it had already been in the barrel. Who does that? And it feels like uh, with, even with a weeded bourbon, that would be more detrimental to the flavor, the overall experience as, as it would be with a, with a rye bourbon. Right. Uh, I think so. I mean, it just doesn't get as much of the barrel influence. So it seems like cutting it would just, make less interaction with the barrel itself which is mm. odd but i mean to harlan's credit he's put out a lot of good experimental releases and in the past couple of years he's actually put out some releases that uh i would have thought would have fit in the experimental range a little better than they would have fit in like a typical release range and he's made them full releases like yeah. the old the whole old charter line that he's put out that's those are experimental releases that he's mm -hmm. put in a fancy bottle that he thought were you know uh, good enough to skip the entire experimental collection and just go straight to a bottling line. That's bold. This just fits so much of a regular Weller profile as far as like it's a weeded mash bill. It's aged a little differently. You know, it, it just seems odd to me. Uh, but and. Uh, Patrick in our chat here has pointed out it's going for quite a bit more than it's worth on secondary. I mean, it's, well, I think he's, he's postulating that's what it would be on secondary. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be, I mean, even just regular Weller is the same way. It's just, I don't know if I get to try it, I'm definitely going to probably enjoy it, but I just don't think I'm ever going to see one. Well, and, and if we're talking about, you know, in terms of if this winds up being a product that went to market as a main item, 
in the Weller line or the Van Winkle line or whatever, there's no way to sustain that. Right. No. Because it's, it, it's already 12 years old, but at the same time, you have to guarantee consistency uh, from single barrel to single barrel. Right. So it, you know, it went into the barrel initially at 114, taken out after four years, cut to a hundred proof and then aged for another eight. So I don't know what the angel share looks like <clears throat> on that, how much whiskey they actually lost during the aging process. But I can't imagine that that's something that they could reasonably put out, <coughs> excuse me, at a consistent level. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are three seven fives and you can see how yeah. dark they are. I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be hard for them to do exactly what they did with this experimental release and make it a Weller product. I don't think it's unreasonable within the next like five to 10 years to see them come out with a double, double barreled wheat weeded product. Cause I can't think of anyone else that has one <clears throat> personally. Uh, you know what? Somebody just sent me, somebody just sent me a message this week about double barrel, uh, a double barrel weeded whiskey. Hold on just a second. Let me try to find it. Ah, yes. <clears throat> so Brian from Wishful Whiskey on Instagram uh, sent me a message and he said, uh, let me know if we, you want me to send some samples of this for your double oak tasting. Uh, he said, it's the only double oak weeder I've come across. And I, I can't pull up the picture. Oh, here it is. Uh, it's called Ragged Branch and it's a weeded okay. bourbon. Um, 90 proof double oaked so i mean that's there there are products out there that exist like that at the very least one um and i would definitely like to have that included uh once we do that that double barrel uh flight um whenever that happens but i don't know man i i think that there is an untapped market for this for sure yeah and i think harlan would be a good good large distillery to kind of beat some of the other larger distilleries to the punch on that. I mean, as you said, Ragged Branch is going to be the original creator of something like that. If they're the ones that kind of, you know, piloted that idea, but if Buffalo Trace does it, I mean, everyone's going to know about it. It's yeah, going to be something everyone needs for their collection. Yeah. That's going to be like probably setting the trend too. And, uh, you know, setting the parameters of what something like that would taste like a little bit. So let, let's talk about the price too. $50 for a 375 is nothing new, right? I mean, we, we see all the Whiskey Baron collection bottles <clears throat> priced the same. I think really in general, the experimental collection bottles from Buffalo Trace are all priced at $50 for a 375. Overpriced or not? Uh, I don't think so, because I don't think they really look to make money with these. I have to imagine that they probably do five of these for every one they put out. Sure. They're yeah. not necessarily recouping money on just this project, you know? Yeah, I think it's fair for the same reasons. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. I think that it's more of a – it reads like more of a collector's piece than it does I, a return on investment for sure. Um, that being said, 50 bucks is still a lot for a 375. 
It is, but if you had the choice between this and old Rippy, I mean, what would you what would you take? Honestly, I don't. I, you got to think about it. That's enough, man. That's well, enough. I, but but the reason I'm thinking about it is because I haven't had this new experimental one from Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Right. And old Rippy was good, but it wasn't amazing. I would probably rather have WB Saffle. In all honesty, um, I don't know. I would have to try them side by side. I think that's the only way I'd really be able to come to any kind of conclusion. Yeah, that's fair. It's the curiosity of not knowing, though. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I definitely, I definitely want to try it. I definitely want to know. I'm very curious to find out what this product is like. But at the same time, if we can even get our hands on it, it will be. <laughs> It would it would be a tough tough get, yeah. And I've only had one of these, uh, and they were it was a six grain I think, uh, and I got lucky enough to walk in and Harlan was doing a thing at the uh, what was it Total Wine there at Lexington Green. And, I don't remember when that happened. Yeah, it was just a weird little pop-up thing. And yeah. he just decided that he was going to sell the six grain. And I got there late. So he was like, I'm here for two hours. It sold out in 30 minutes. And so he just had like three or four bottles open that he was letting people sample. Big line, stood in line for it. Got there so excited. I'm like, it's great. Oh, and then just, <laughs> anyway, I was like, it's just odd. You know, like I can tell, I know why people don't do this. <laughs> My my dad has an experimental bottle too. I can't remember what it is. I actually just texted him to see if he would let me know. But I I've only had I've only had two. And there was it was this one that he has, and then there was a failed experiment that didn't get released to the public. Did you guys try that one? No. So at, at my old job, um, one of the, the ladies that I worked with used to also work at Buffalo Trace. And it was like a 24-year-old failed bourbon. It just wound up being like way too oaky or tannic or something like that. Um, I, didn't, I didn't mind it that much. But as far as like an experiment goes, you know, it was something that they definitely didn't want to uh, release to the public. But even still, I think that these kind of seem to be a little bit hit or miss. Um, but that being said, I have a very limited range of knowledge uh, about these products. Well, I mean, I think some of the experiment is not just necessarily like a 12 year old weeded bourbon and then the stipulations they put on it, but maybe they put these products out to see how the public reacts to it. Like that six rain might've had some amaranth in it. And then they were like, well, if everybody loves it, then we'll put out E.H. Taylor Amaranth. And then they could do this and then turn around and say, well, that got you know received really well. Maybe we should do a double-barreled Weller. I mean, maybe they just look for that to see how the public reacts to it. Yeah, I think these experimentals specifically have a point and a purpose to uh, be able to try those new things without making them those main staples uh, or having a huge line. And then... Uh, you know, if they say, okay, well, if they didn't like this, maybe we can pair something back a little bit and say, let's take this out. Let's try doing this instead. And then it might make it 100 times better or something. That is true. So I, true. I think it's literally what they're called. They're experimental for purposes of hoping to, to try something new in the future. 
Fair enough. All right. Um, I think we've we've beaten that dead horse. Yep. On to some unfortunately sad news uh, from the Kentucky Bourbon Affair. Their fantasy camp for 2020 was canceled, um, of course, uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but it does sound like they are going to uh, be resuming that in 2021. Uh, and in 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 regards to cancellations for this year as well. And I think this is the one that uh, has kind of, this one hit hit a little bit harder than and I think any of the cancellations that have happened so far, but uh, all three of the Trifesta festivals in Louisville um, were also canceled. So Hometown Rising, Louder Than Life and Bourbon and Beyond uh, were all canceled this year. That's wild, man. It's, I, am really, really disappointed about it. I, and, and like, I know that it's, it's easy to go. Yeah. Well, it's unprecedented and everything and that things happen and we couldn't have predicted it and whatnot, but like, I was really excited about it. And I feel like, you know, so, somebody, I heard somebody say it's okay to be disappointed during this because nobody's ever experienced it before. Right. Yeah. And so like, I kind of, allow myself a little bit of disappointment in that regard, but it's a letdown. It is for sure. And and I, yeah, I, I, how I would describe it, at least how I would feel and how I'm feeling about it is that it is more of a letdown of, and not as much a disappointment for me because disappointment for me kind of has like a, it has a little bit to do with the people like, (laughs) uh like organizing it a little bit and uh so i I feel like it's just like ah man like that's such a letdown and so sad and uh i it's a good move because you can't have you know those that many people around especially during these times but yeah yeah it's me (laughs) and i know that people are making the argument that you know it's not all the way until september and you know things could be different by then but at the same time you know, if there is this predicted second wave that could be coming, I mean, you don't want to be holding a music festival where everybody's elbow to elbow and they're <laughs> spreading it even further. Yeah. I mean, you just can't, you, you can't have that. Nah. And we're not even having, you know, sports with, with actual fans. I, I don't even, and I don't even know when that'll be happening that again. So. I'm, I'm looking longingly into the distance of our, <laughs> our, our future <laughs> thinking, thinking when will things return to normal if they ever do, you know, but I mean, there, there are sports that can be done. I feel like golf could be reintroduced. I feel like, yeah, I think they will be played. I just, the, the fans is the, the biggest thing. So it becomes that that same thought of like, would you rather there be something for you to watch or nothing at all because you can't actually go and enjoy it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's a good topic to bring up, like a, a virtual thing, or uh, is it better to just not have it? Because like I I have enjoyed virtual concerts. Yeah, me and I, I you know I might I might be an outlier in that regard, but. You know, I, I've still gotten to enjoy watching a 
a unique performance from musical artists that I love. And, you know, it's not in my ideal setting, but it's in a setting that is still unique nonetheless. With the circumstances. With the circumstances, sure. Um, and I, I try my best to be optimistic <laughs> in, in life, but it, there, there is that just kind of pessimistic side to it as well. Like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, things just suck right now. And I think it's fair to say they do. Yeah. I don't think they feel any different. You know, I'm sure they probably think this sucks as well. Of course. You know, coming from, like, the the creative side of it, and to be fair, I haven't played a gig in a long time. But that, you know, I was missing it before all of this happened. And, like, I I did have a gig scheduled this month. It was my first gig in probably like year and a half, two years. And I was really excited for it. It was the first time I was going to be able to get back on stage and play my music and, and play new music as well. And I know it's on a very micro scale as far as what other people are experiencing, but I still desperately miss that intimacy of live shows and you know even even so far as like you know that we had to kind of cancel slash postpone the the live show of the podcast yeah yeah bringing it back to uh sort of the the uh kentucky bourbon affair event the fantasy camp um do you i i was reading and said that it this is very much like an intimate kind of well-crafted elegant kind of event do you think it's if they had a virtual kind of experience? I mean, you could limit it to these smaller things, but I don't think you get the same. Uh, you obviously wouldn't get it, but do you think it's better to say, okay, we're not doing any, uh, or maybe we have these specific things we can do virtually or limited to us, you know, things like that. I think that you have to find some way to offer exclusive experiences to people in this regard. And at that point it becomes really difficult, right? So say it was an experience where you were trying uh, exclusive whiskeys or uh, exclusive cocktails or whatever. And just for example, if it were a Pappy 23, right? This was the only way that you could get to try Pappy 23. You pay all this money for it and everything. Um, The logistics of sending out all those samples so that everybody could still be trying them virtually, mm-hmm. but but together, that becomes a, a nightmare <laughs> in terms of planning. Yeah. Oh, yes, it would be cool. It would be great to see that if you if you made just a massive batch of cocktails that were made by you know the best bartender in the United States or the best bartender in the world or or whatever. But trying to get all those things out to people. I have a hard time just sending samples to friends, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the the amount of of work that would go into sharing one bottle or one batch of cocktails. It it'd be difficult. It really would be difficult. 
it'd have to be very, very limited. I, I totally yeah. agree with that. And I think the like possible, like just entertaining the idea is kind of cool of, you know, you could have a, a full on packaged like box that's branded for this. And you can have like a Glen Cairn that's in there with the sample sort of stuff like that. Like I see that kind of being cool, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, the logistics is a nightmare and it probably makes, I, I think it totally makes sense that they, they said, you know, we'll be able to do this next year. Let's get it right this time. Yeah. And, and I, I think that um, <clears throat> there's something to be said about patience too. There's something to be said about stepping back and allowing yourself time to reflect and think and develop. I mean, the, who's to say that everything was ironed out to a T for these events, right? Who's to say that, you know, everything was going to go as perfect or was going to be as best, as good of an experience as they could possibly offer. Right. So I think that it's okay to allow some time for, for what comes next or the next iteration of these things. Yeah. And I, I think also a thing to remember with these events is like the exclusive bourbon, the access to distilleries, the ability to ask questions, all that's fantastic. But there's a huge majority of the people that go to these that have more fun sitting in some random parking lot, doing a sample swap in the back of their car. I mean, it's like, it's, it's all about getting some people you've never met before from the internet that you've seen streams and, or, you know, and just having a glass of bourbon anywhere like a hotel lobby, you know, doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a big sense of like community and you just don't get that when you're all sitting at home. I mean, even Perry pointed out at the beginning of the episode, like it's great that we can do this and we can have all this, but when we're in the same room, it's a whole different energy. It's just a, yeah. it's just a nice experience. And you're not, you're not going to get that virtually, especially with one of these giant events. I will say though, I feel like this is the best uh, virtual episode we've done so far. I feel yeah. pretty 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 good about the the energy that we've brought this this week. It's feeling more and more natural, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's a good thing. Maybe I should. <laughs> I'm going to see people again and be like, "Oh my god, I forgot how tall you were!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to remind myself constantly, Swan, that you are taller than I am. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm the shortest of the three of us, which is weird because I'm not that short. I'm 5'11". <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm a little taller than Swan, if I remember. But you I, are. Yeah, okay. If you remember, it's only been like a month and a half since we've all been in the same room together. <laughs> I'm not hitting door frames. So I'm good. That's all I care about. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the, it was smart. I, I think that was the right decision, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. With the letdown, of course, but yeah, of, of of course, but so that's the news for the week is those two <laughs> topics of conversation. But we do have some TTB filings. Um, the first one is coming out of Whistlepig. I'm pretty excited about this one. I, I got to tell you guys, I love I, the name. Love it the is name. a 10-year-old straight rye whiskey. It's a blend. It's a hundred proof. It's called piggy bank rye <laughs> yeah. i have one hope for this bottle i hope that the opening at the top where the cork goes is like old granddad 114 style where it's huge 
so that when I get finished with this, I can drop quarters in. Like that's, that's yeah, cool. Like yeah. that. I want to be able to use it as an actual piggy bank when I get done. <laughs> <laughs> also, Just shoving dollar bills into a bottle. <laughs> whoa! Don't go crazy there. I got like pennies for quarters. <laughs> I don't know about dollars, but when was, the, when was the last time you saw an actual dollar bill? Because it's been a while for me. <laughs> well, I work in retail, so like four hours, but you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, the font, the typeface for the piggy bank ride too. That's beautiful. I love it. Look at those G's, man. <clears throat> I can tell you, I know exactly what font that is. What is it? I used it for, um, <laughs> for my senior project. Oh yeah. Which one? Um, not the senior project, but what, what, what is it? It's a good one though. I, I'm trying to think of what it is. Kind of like that uh, that window painting style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got it has a vintage flair to it, but it also has like a very modern take on it. I yeah, it reminds me of the font that they use on the side of fire trucks with like the gold flake and the white overlay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a I good one. All of my fonts out of order. all I've got to say about it. So I, I do have one thing to point out about this. If you look at the piggy bank ride just to the left of where it says a hundred proof, it, it was it one liter. So this is a That's bigger bottle. Oh, interesting. It's not a seven fifty, and I can't find. Sometimes it says on these TTB filings, but uh, it, it looks like um, they've not disclosed whether or not it's going to be sourced or if it's their product, which I have well, to imagine. Says, it says Canada rye on it. it. says Canada rye. Yeah. Okay. So it's where it's out of Vermont. I guess it's going to be sourced from Canada. I, uh, yes, it does. Yeah. It says product of Canada. So cool. But the, so does the one liter anticipate me saying that, it's only going to be one liters or is that not the case? Is it just the label that they provided? I, I mean, based on what has actually gone through the TTB, um, I'm assuming that, uh, that, that is the one size that they're going to be offering. Okay. Which probably goes back to a little bit of the piggy bank kind of feel to it. I hope so. Dude, if it actually came in like a piggy bank shaped bottle, I'd be all over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't find. Yeah, it. we don't need to worry about the font. It's a it nice matter. Font. It's a real it's good, good font. font. They use it on uh, on uh, wild turkey labels. Oh, okay. Too. Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm I'm excited for this. I imagine that. Um, I mean, I know it's a, a limited edition, and Whistle Pig can be kind of pricey in terms of their LE releases. But I mean, this is what probably going to be like 115 dollars. Maybe. Yeah, probably. They did their piggyback and it was a little more uh affordable. I think that was around like what 60 65 something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be in the same vein cuz that wasn't necessarily a, an LE as much as it just was like a kind of like a a starter whistle pig, you know, like mm-hmm. they they wanted to get people into the brand so that hopefully they thought maybe they're 10 15 year old products some of their 10 year picks that some of the stores were getting were maybe worth that extra cash well and they wanted people to use it go ahead swan sorry most of them are in my opinion that 15 year you held up phenomenal love that bottle yeah 
I, I don't have much of it left and I'm trying to figure out when the appropriate time to finish it off is. When you find somebody with a beard as magnificent as the guy that gave it to you, you oh, drink Nate Woodruff? Yes. I miss that man. I miss his face. I mean, it's his beautiful bearded face. <laughs> what were we talking about? Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the other release is the newest from St. Cloud. Uh, it's a Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, it says it's crafted by Ray Walker, but, I mean, that doesn't really mean too much. Uh, the distillery itself is undisclosed, but it is 12 years old in cask strength at 131.3 proof. Holy moly. That yep. is going to be interesting. Have you guys had the St. Cloud that's out right now? I have not. Yeah, I have. What did you think about it, Swan? I was not a big fan, to be honest. I don't think I've had it. I, I got to try it, I think, from Chad, I think. I think I got a sample from Chad. Or maybe I went to – I actually went to – I don't know. Either way, I've had it. It was just okay. It was not great. The bottle design is phenomenal. Uh, it is definitely appealing. I don't remember it being super high proof, I don't think. I think the first one was like 90-ish or something. Uh, but I just wasn't a big fan. It is I, a- I, saw, I saw it, and for me, the price point kind of like made me shy away. If I remember right, it was pretty expensive, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was in like the hundred dollar range. If you mm-hmm. can find it at retail, um, there are some cool things to point out on, on this label though. If you look down here, uh, they've got barrel name Zeus bottle number of one fifty two. So there's only going to be 152 of these unless they do multiple. Much names. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of it, uh, just to get back on your guys, graphic design element here, the Florida leaves and stuff on there. Great. But if you zoom in on the, uh, the 12 year old St. Cloud label, they've got this weird little thin, like pink line all the way around. <laughs> oh, that's the, uh, that's yeah. a cut line. That's a cut line. So that won't show up. Okay. They've got it on, <laughs> on both. I don't know. I was really confused by that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that's a cut line. So that when they go and cut those, that you won't see that. <sighs> yeah. Thanks. Okay. I feel bad. <laughs> no problem. I was like, this just looks weird. I don't so like I learned this. A thing. I don't like this. Yeah. You can and tell I dropped out sophomore year. Yeah, and we'll make <laughs> but and the the extra space outside of that that's the bleeds. And if you weren't to have if you weren't going to have the bleeds, then you have a good possibility of when they do cut that, you'd have white edges, which you don't want. So, little graphic design knowledge for everybody. Cool. And that's been your graphic design corner this week on this is my bourbon podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I also didn't realize this is out of Frankfurt. Uh, yeah, me either. Yeah, I had no idea. I lived in Frankfurt for 20-something years and had no idea this was from there. I wonder who the dis- – I mean, it's – you would assume that it's Buffalo Trace then, wouldn't you? I mean, I guess, but, I mean, it, I have no clue. There's been multiple little distilleries that have popped up so close to Frankfurt mm-hmm. that they just called it Frankfurt, which is weird. Uh, I don't know. I'm interested in trying this one because I feel like the extra proof is definitely going to carry it and make it a little bit more favorable than the previous one. Yeah. yeah. The cast strength, single barrel. Uh, yeah, I agree. Only 192 bottles. 
Well, let's let's talk about what the price might be then. I mean, if we're looking at you know the old twelve year at what ninety proof was about a hundred dollars. Uh-huh. I mean, this could easily edge towards two hundred. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see this around two hundred two fifty. Yeah, I, I mean, it, if I went bare minimum, I would say probably one eighty. Yeah, I mean, you you got <laughs> that being very conservative in a guess. This bottle, like, if you look at the stuff they put on it, it's expensive. Like, it has a mm-hmm. gear-style cap that's, like, solid metal. I mean, the bottle is super nice. They obviously spent money on getting it designed properly. And the last one was featured on, like, three different magazines. Namely, Whiskey Advocate put it front and center on their their main, uh, like, front page. I mean, like, it, it got a lot of press. And I didn't even think it was that good. I mean, it, it's going to go for a good amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't going to be cheap. No. It ain't going to be cheap. I'll say that much. All right. Well, that does it for all the news and the TTP filings for the week. How would you guys like to reserve, reserve review, rather, this uh, blind sample that you guys have been given? Come uh, for it. Nose palette finish price. Yes, Curtis, those are the four categories that we use to oh, okay. review whiskeys. <laughs> well, you asked how I wanted to, so I... Oh. Sorry. I, <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get your joke now. Where did that cylinder graduate from? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame we haven't made that joke more <laughs> during yeah. this episode. Uh, but yes, we do have a review system of nose palette finish and price. Each category is out of five, and then we total it up for a final score out of 20. Guys, what do you think on the nose of this one? I'm having a hard time pinning down what distillery this is from. I have like four or five guesses, and they're on way opposite ends of the spectrum, so I have no idea what's going on. It's a good nose, though. It is a good nose. Uh, I'll give it nice. that. It is real nice. I'm getting this nice candied sugar. Mm. I was I was kind of leaning towards like a s'mores note, honestly. I get that. But like the oak is really nice and deep as yeah. well. And on the palate there, when you get to the palate, you get that nice dark oak. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh. this is I really like this. Chocolate, coffee, graham crackers. Yeah. All up front. It starts to ease into a, like a an orange peel note yeah. as well. Nice long finish. Oh. That warm feeling. It's a little hot. See, I think it's pretty good. I, I think it's great. Proof-wise, where it's at. Mm-hmm. Any guesses on proof? I'm going to go around. This is reminding me of like a 108-ish, 108, 110. I was going to say that, I was going to say 108. <laughs> yeah. I just had some of the uh, Keelan pick yesterday. Yeah. We got it. We're connected there. The dad uh, jokes and and the proof point. <laughs> yeah. We only need one of us on this podcast, but there's two. Sorry, Terry. <laughs> wow, great. Glad to know that I am the, uh, you know. The only one that's going to be a dad. 
<laughs> and we're the ones giving the dad jokes. I'm also apparently the expendable one, so that's fun. Oh, that's not true at all. <laughs> this this podcast does not happen without you. <laughs> there's a reason there's never been a podcast with Swan and Kurt. It's just it's just <laughs> us two. Yeah. Okay, what would the podcast be named if it was just the two of you? This is Perry's podcast, but we're doing it. <laughs> See, we couldn't even come up with a name. <laughs> good. That's good. All right. Cool. This is really a fine whiskey, though. It is. <laughs> it's kind of giving me, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling like it's kind of like a maker's private select. Okay. I'm getting some of those because it's got a lot of the same notes as that that Keeneland pick for me, minus the cinnamon uh, that they did. So and the proof kind of seems like it's about the same, but I know I'm probably going to be wildly wrong. I just had some of that the other day, and it was phenomenal. Um, I do like this, though. It's really good. I'm having a very hard time pinning down some of the notes. It is complex. I mean, to, to be very honest, I mean, it is – Deep and rich. Yeah. Yeah. On the, nose, the nose is where I'm getting more of a, a lighter note. If we're, if we're thinking of bringing it around on the wheel a little bit. Okay. Do you guys want to review this one? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Is everybody okay to take their own notes? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? I'll go. Um, you want me to run down the whole thing? I uh, you you can. I mean, you don't know the actually. No, we'll go. We'll go step by step because you guys don't even know the price yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the nose, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I think it's really strong. I do have problems picking out some of the notes. Like it's definitely got a lot of good stuff going on. I just wish I had more to say about it than that. Like it is so complex. I think I could sit down with this bottle and just every single time get something a little different. Um, you know what? I'm going to move it up to a four. It's, it's good. It deserves it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a fair fair assessment too i'm giving it a three and a half though um it's in the same vein of that four that you were talking about but uh for me it's three and a half it is a little bit uh just complex and that you can't it is hard to pick out some of those notes uh and there's nothing that's really just making me go that's it that's what i'm hoping is on the palette or or kind of indicates of what's going to be on the palette so I, I think the, the nose is a three and a half. It's really good though. You know, in, in terms of like a nose, I, I just had a, a very visceral moment with this that reminded me of a, a bourbon that was the reason that I got excited for bourbon, right? There was a note in there and I, Oh, it's, it's that campfire smell, right? Like there, there is a, almost like a heritage smell to it Mm. that 
I, I think is part of the reason why I got so into and excited for bourbon. Um, and aside from like the, the kind of nostalgia, I guess that I feel for it. I also think that it is just overall very pleasing. I, I think it is well-rounded. I think it's got an incredible amount of, uh, amount of depth to it. Um, I gave it a four, same as Swan. Um, I, I don't quite know what it's missing. Um, maybe it's kind of a floral essence too. Um, but it is legitimately one of the best bourbons I've ever smelled. I want more citrus out of it. I feel I like can see that. Yeah. I, it, it's like, this is, this is a bourbon I want to use in the Keeneland breeze. This is a bourbon I want all the time. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked um, the citrus notes that came through on the palate though. Um, it's not too much further up, but I gave it a 4.25. Okay. I gave mine a 4. I think it's definitely strong. The citrus note is what I'm missing. I'm a sucker for a really strong citrus note on a bourbon. And I, I feel like that's that's what it's missing. Again, same thing as the nose. Like you could you could honestly sit down with this 10, 15 times. It gets something different every time. Yeah. Uh, for me, I gave it a four. Uh, it's, it has that campfire, campfire feel and it kind of all those elements, uh, we were talking about like a s'more, like a chocolate, you know, you get that nice graham cracker, like a crumble a little bit. Uh, I think it, it has just this inviting and kind of welcoming palette. I, I would say I do miss a little bit of, of a floral kind of nature note. Like maybe if I could get some of the some citrus or uh, some earth, you know, some like rooted in the ground kind of note to it. Uh, But it's really good. What'd you guys think about the finish though? I think this is the weakest point of this bourbon, to be honest with you. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't last too long for me. Like I kind of, I have the aftertaste that just sits with me for a while, but that like lingering burn, you kind of get a little bit in like the kind of turn or like shift at the end of a bourbon. Like when you have a really nice bookers or something like that, it's just not there. You know, it just, the burn does not last. And I've been drinking some lower proof stuff all night. I haven't had anything super high. So even if this, this is, you know, a higher proof bourbon, it's not sticking around. I gave it a 2.5. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna have to actually disagree with you, Swan. I, I I am still sitting with most of the flavors that I was getting from the palate uh, into the finish. Um, I will say there's no hug, or if there is, it's it's a little bit light. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm starting to experience different flavors going into the finish that are more herbal in nature there's like a a much more pronounced uh orange note in there too and and like i'm still it i'm still having a a good time enjoying the the flavors that i was picking up at the forefront of the the palette with the you know that s'mores note that i was talking about the campfire and oak and everything so i 
You look, you look like you have to say something, Swan. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, you just pointed it out. The herbal note, it reminds me, have you ever had a London Fog? It's like black tea Mm-mm. mixed with like, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I'm not a tea fan. I can't do it. I, I've tried it multiple times. It's got black tea in it. That's yeah. the, it's the finish. It's getting into that. And I, I that's why I'm probably going to rank this lower than you guys because I don't like it. Oh, okay. That, that and and like, that's totally fair. I mean, if you if you don't like it, that's fine. Yeah, I just don't like tea. It is very reminiscent of it. That herbal note you pointed out, it's it's there. Yeah, well, I I, I give it a four point five. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love this finish. It's not the most amazing finish I've ever had, of course, but I think that it is. It it makes me want to keep drinking this whiskey. It really does. For me, yeah, I gave it a four. It gives it, it has a soothing quality, like kind of like how you have a honey and tea, uh, you know, to soothe your throat or, you know, if you have a sore throat right. or something like that. It coats it. It has this nice uh, soothing quality to it with the herbal note that you're talking about. I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought it was on par with the palate. And so uh, same score, four and a four. Price. Yes. Here's the thing. Is it priceless? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We actually are reviewing the price on this one, too. This was the best bourbon at the San Francisco World Spirits competition. Oh, okay. Barrel bourbon. The barrel bourbon batch 21, 106.34 proof. Hey, look at us, Kurt. You guys were really close on the proof. Yeah, that's awesome. We're really, really close on the proof. Um, The the distillery is undisclosed. Um, It says distilleries in Tennessee, Indiana, and Kentucky. So probably Dickel, MGP, and I don't know, Heaven Hill, maybe, in Kentucky. Um, It's a blend of 10 to 14-year-old barrels, and the mash bill is undisclosed. It is, however, a $90 bottle of whiskey. Huh. That's up there. I think if you enjoy the T-Note like you guys did, this is a bourbon that's worth it to you to pick up. Yeah. I don't. So this is going to be one I would pass on. However, I have had other barrel products that I think would be fours, maybe even four and a halfs across the board. So for that, I think price-wise, I'm going to give it a three. And that's going to be a personal thing, not necessarily a like a specific for everyone. So Sure. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a four. I think it's a good price for what you're getting. I think it's really good. Um, yeah. I mean, it is a little more than what you would want to be spending, I suppose. But uh, for what you're getting, it's it's nice. I, I have to agree with you, Kurt. I gave it a four as well. Um, my final score was a 16.75 uh, out of 20. So this for me is a recommend. I think that people should, if they can't get a bottle of it, I think that they should definitely try to get it at a bar. I mean, th- this is a this is a unique bottle, I believe. Yeah, and that, that herbal note you do not get on very many bourbons are like really not many not many i don't want to say it's like the only one but it's very unique in that sense um 
So I gave mine a 15 and a half. I'm at 13 and a half on mine. Wow. Those are, I feel like, and it's not that far off, but it feels significantly different. Yeah, we've in just terms kind of, of our score. We've built up that like 15 mark is like this is something mm-hmm. fine, you know, and uh, I'm below it and you're above it. So it feels super split. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it when we have a 15 mark, like our 15 is like a yes, this is good. This is really nice. You should definitely get this or find it or get it at a bar. Um and I, I would very often not often do we have a uh, one that we go below it because a lot of times we have bourbons that are just inherently for our reviews anyway, higher than that 15. So it is interesting. Yeah. All right. Over. Sorry. I just, (laughs) no, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. I I was really excited for you guys to try this one because um, I was very uh, fortunate to be sent uh, samples from uh, Aaron at the Barrelcraft Spirits uh, group of folks. And I wanted you all to try this one. This was, you know, so specific to the interests of bourbon consumers right now. I mean, yeah, yeah it won best bourbon overall at San Francisco. So it only seemed appropriate that we we took some time to talk about it. I, I really enjoyed being able to hear you guys talk about it in a blind setting as well. Um, I, I think that's something that, and, and this is something that I've kind of enjoyed over the past few weeks too, is getting to see, you know, how, how do you all respond without knowing what the bourbon in the glass is? And we might, we might be doing this moving forward. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, it comes in with no notion or of anything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we've done pretty well as, as far as proof. I think we've hit the proof on quite a few <laughs> of these. There's been, as far as dis- determining which distillery it is, I think we've, we've, we've been, a, we've like shot a lot of shots and, and maybe hit one or two. Hey, all right. I thought, I thought Swan was about to say something, but he no, it. I just I was like, it's blind shooting, blind. It's going everywhere. Like it's just oh, it's, okay. okay. It was another dad joke. It was a failed one. Uh, okay, <laughs> keep going. Okay, how do, how do you think we we've done, Swan? Uh, I think we've done pretty good. I'm very proud that we about got the proof nailed on that one, and I I also was happy that like I couldn't nail down the distillery because it was multiple. So that's. That's always reassuring. Yeah, uh, but that is Bruce, he has given us a lot of like blends and multiple different ones. So. I think I'm gonna have to supply some samples for some for uh, two or three episodes. Would you actually do that? Yeah, I'll do that for sure. Dude, that would Absolutely. be great. Yeah, I would. I would love to have something different. Uh, yeah. for the next couple of weeks yeah we'll do it uh we'll do a we'll do a swan hosted episode and then i'll i'll go in and drop them off to you guys you know it'd be great okay so why don't we do this why don't next week swan you do you do that okay the week after kurt sure. maybe you do that yeah and then we'll kind of rotate back through as we you know as we have to 
Because legitimately, I'm running out of stuff that you guys haven't had or that we haven't reviewed on the show <laughs> at this point. Um, so we'll figure we'll figure something out. But I, I love that idea. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Now I got this. We're in quarantine, man. I'll show off my collection a little. We'll get some strange <laughs> stuff in there. I'm down, man. I'm down. You guys want to answer some questions from our Facebook group? Yeah, yeah, we can do that for sure. All right. Uh, before we do that, though, um, my dad did text me back with an answer to um, the the experimental collection bottle that he had that we tried. Um, it was a 30-minute infrared light wave barrel. Um, it is a six-year, five-month-old uh, bottle of whiskey, 90 proof. Um Sorry, uh, bourbon ba- uh, bourbon mash one from Buffalo Trace. I uh, entered uh, the barrel at 125. All right, I remember liking it. So we'll, we'll have to revisit it at some point. Anyway, uh, questions from Facebook. You want to read them off, Perry? That first one's vital. Well, this first one comes from that guy who asked a question last week, too, that I was really confused by. Um, Sean Thomas Moore. He said, can you pour some Heaven Hill bottled and bond to start the episode? And then Swan replied and said, sure, Sean, just for you. I'm so confused. by this <laughs> I mean, I had some of the Heaven Hill bottled and bond at the beginning, so I hope that Sean is uh, satisfied by that. Uh, next question wait, comes wait, from. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who's Sean? Honestly, at this point, I don't know. It's Sian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you right. know? You talk to him often? Or? Yeah, no, I all the time. Oh, oh it's like he's in quarantine. Okay. Next question comes from Mike Steven. Uh, he said, "Quarantine finds. I know we aren't supposed to be technically hunting, uh, but I, I feel like it's been so much easier to find some gems lately." Yeah, I found some I stuff. <laughs> yeah, I found I found a few things. Um, I found some uh, Weller Special Reserve the other day, which, depending on where you're at, that's a great find. Wait, did and, you really? Yeah, found the uh, 750 of Special Reserve the other day, um, and then I also found some. Uh, I don't know if they did another release or it's just been there for a while, but um, one of the liquor barns here in town had some more of that Boo County weeded. Mm, mm-hmm. on the shelf uh for a good price under 100 that's oh really yeah yeah is that that's been racking up the <laughs> the price honestly yeah because i've seen it most places like 120 to 150 mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's really good and they've just got to sit on the regular shelf it's like not even behind the little glass case or anything um and then also the Booker's 2020-01 is finally hitting. It's not necessarily a huge find, but I'm just glad to start seeing it on the shelves. I, I saw that at some point, and I got excited that I was able to see it, but I didn't actually pick it up. Mm-hmm. So that might be a, uh, a potential pickup here soon. Yeah. Uh, the next question comes from my sister, Sarah. She said, uh, what's your go-to celebration pick, uh, say, for someone who is graduating college in a couple weeks? Um, Michter's 10. I think it's a great celebration. Yeah. I, it's, it's a, it's an easy sipper. Uh, it's got a good amount of aged 
to it. And it was so fun when we did our live podcast, breaking that bottle out and watching every single person, regardless of affiliation to distillery, get excited about that bottle. I love that so much. That yeah. was the best. I don't uh, know if I've ever had the Mictor's Tin. Have I? I don't know if you have either, but I actually have a, a little bit of a bottle left that Swan got for me. Um, so I'll, I'll save that for when we all get back together. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to try it. Yeah. It's great. It's a great bourbon to uh, to have for a celebration like graduation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Patrick actually said that he picked one up today. Oh, very cool. Look at you, Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like um, I might have to finish off this Weller Foolproof with Sarah. That'd be another good one. Yeah. 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 And I think Wild Turkey Revival would be another great one. That's a really good one. Yeah, which if she's graduating, sure, take a sample of that, Perry, if you want. (laughs) It's good stuff. Do you still have some of the wild turkey we got? The decades? Yeah, the decades. I do. Yeah, that's a pretty good one to to try as well. I don't have a whole lot left, but... (laughs) Yeah, I still have some. It's in there. Yeah. Man, I love this bottle. It's so good. I I have to be really careful with it. I know. If it's out, I really want to drink it. Yeah. And it's always that that other uh that one almost pushes like past even special occasion, but like a really special occasion for me. Yeah. yeah that's right. fair. Uh next question. Also, um Patrick said that he was actually he actually picked up Granny's batch instead of uh the Nictor's ten. So fair enough. Either okay. way, I'm uh, still excited. Tony Mercury or Mercury, we never actually got clarification on how to pronounce your name. We're going to say it both ways from here yeah. on out, I guess. Or please let us know. <laughs> he said, uh, Can I get a birthday shout out for my wife, Meredith? Absolutely. Happy birthday, Meredith. Yeah. Shout Happy out. Birthday, Meredith. That was my shout out. Big shout out. It's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. <laughs> uh, the waveform is huge. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It was it was okay on my end. Oh, okay, maybe it was just me. <laughs> All right. Well, either way, happy birthday, Meredith. Yes, happy birthday, Meredith. Uh, next question comes from Eric Smith, who asks: Wolverine, Cyclops, and Gambit walk into a liquor store. What are each of them buying? Wolverine, Jack Daniels, Cyclops, Blanton's, Gambit, Sazerac Rye. Damn, I'm gonna, I thought about that one. <laughs> I'm, so those last two, I'm going to completely agree with you. I had Cyclops pegged for a Blanton's guy. Sazer, Gambit, I'm going to go. He's getting Rittenhouse. He'll be fine with it. Uh, and then Wolverine, he's getting Wildcatter. Because <laughs> it, yeah, because it doesn't have that giant, like, big scratch mark on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. all him. It's all him. Yep, I'm he can have it. Wolverine, uh, he's getting a Booker's. Ooh, it's I that high proof, rough, rough around the edges. I don't mind really. that at all. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Uh, Patrick Starkey asks, "Can you recommend places to get some good food and drinks in Lexington?" OBC, OBC Kitchen, kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm blanking because I haven't been out anywhere in so long. Uh, Buddha Lounge. Buddha Lounge. We still nev- have never gone there together. We haven't, but we need to. Uh, Buddha Lounge is a sushi place, but the owner, he has l- one of the biggest uh, bourbon collections that I've seen. 
Um, he he has a lot of really good stuff back behind the bar, but uh, he has showed us like his pretty much his collection, and it is almost his entire basement. Yikes! It's crazy. That is fantastic. so. Boodle Lounge and uh, ask for Nick and definitely talk to him. Just bring up Bourbon. Say my name, Curtis. He would. He would. Uh, he would talk for the. He would talk for the entire time uh, to you. I also yeah. really love Palmer's. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Palmer's. It's out in Lexington Green. Um, it's a okay. seafood place for the seafood for the most part, but it's. Oh man. Yeah. No. And. Uh, what else you got goodfellas over in the distillery district that's always oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. oh i miss goodfellas yeah hey meredith's in here now oh hello meredith. so so tony said that we're getting close to the pronunciation but he's okay. gonna keep is us it, get, guessing is it mercury but that's the thing is that it, he said that we're close but we're not there so i'm wondering if it's a soft c so mercury hmm I don't know. We'll find we'll find yeah. out eventually. I'm gonna put it in Google Translate and then just translate it from English to English <laughs> and just have it read it out loud. And that's what I'm going with, buddy. <laughs> uh, our next question comes from Don Nishida. He said, How did the three of you meet? Have you been friends since kindergarten? No. Nope. <laughs> we, so we all three met independently of each other. Like Swan Swan and I met because we had a, a 2D art class together. Yeah, 2D and 3D. 2D and 3D in, in college. Yeah. I met Curtis because he was in the same class of graphic designers as Lucy. And then Kurt, I don't know how you and Swan actually met. So I met, I met Swan because uh, we were, t- well, first... You were like, oh, dude, I know this bourbon finder. He calls himself the bourbon finder. His name's Juan. And um, and you were like, he has a bottle of, I think it was Weller 12 or something. And, yeah. And, oh, that is right. Yeah, it was Weller 12. And I was like, I was like, hey, Swan, random dude I don't know. Uh, Barry said you had a 12-year. Can I get that? <laughs> and uh, then we all came together and and like, I think we recorded the first podcast, right? At my house? Yeah, we did a podcast where we reviewed the last three expressions of... Rare Breed. Rare Breed, yeah. Yes, yeah. And And, uh, I was like, it was the first time I've ever met you, and I'm sitting on your couch for like three hours while we record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and that was was still at the time that Tanner was one of the main co-hosts as well. Yeah, I was just filling in for the week because I had some... uh, I had the older expression of Rare Breed yeah yeah that so that's how uh swan and i met which is actually perfect because it was uh it was related around bourbon and and all of that kurt which what which drawing class did we have together was it drawing one no we had uh did we not have drawing together we didn't it was painting painting one we had drawing together, Perry. We had three classes together. I knew, I knew you and I did swan, but I thought for some reason that Curtis and I had more than just that drawing two or drawing painting one class together. I think we only had painting. We had a history, maybe an art history class, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> either way, um, at this point, it's all just kind of bled together. <laughs> yeah, I thought Swan was like. I thought first off, I thought he was older. Like I was expecting, uh, <laughs> for some reason, I was expecting like a thirty-year-old. 
kind of person. <laughs> and um, I thought I was like, oh, man, I'm in deep because this dude knows a lot about bourbon. He's like, like getting all these bourbons that I I've never even tried. Not mo- some I don't even hear about. And well, uh, I was I, like, you're going to blow me out of the water here. I do remember after so so Swan left Eastern Kentucky University, um, and it was your sophomore or junior year. That was my sophomore year. So after that, we hadn't seen or talked to each other really for about a year. And you know, I was starting to get into bourbon and be like real serious about it and everything. And Swan and I were texting back and forth. Hello, Marie. Uh, we were texting back and forth. And he goes, oh, I've got a, I, I know where to get a bottle of Elmer T. Lee. And that was the first and only bottle of Elmer T. Lee that I've ever owned. But we met up in the parking lot at EKU <laughs> over by the, the art building. And we sat there and I gave you. It was the Lot B sample. I gave you, yeah, the Lot B sample. I remember that. That was that, yeah. So the Lot B sample, or the Lot B itself, was my first big bourbon purchase. That was the first yeah. time I'd ever spent that much on bourbon. Um, Which even then, you got it in a drawing and paid like 70 bucks for a thing of Lot B. Which was I, yeah, I think it was like 80 85 Still, I mean, like, that's... I mean, that's a great price. Yeah. I'll never see that price again, I'm sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that that being said, I mean, like, that was the, the first time that we had seen each other in, like, over a year, I feel yeah. like. And then it, it, everything just kind of escalated. Like, it, he then started getting... Uh, you, you were, like, handing stuff off to me as well. Like, that uh, Elijah Craig barrel proof that we talk about all the time that was what 139 it was up there yeah it was like 139 136 something yeah i can't i can't remember off the top of my head but i mean like we, every, everything kind of like the the seeds were sown like very s- small in very small portions throughout the way for us to kind of like all come together to to make the show happen and like kurt you know you and i would talk about bourbon on on the off chance that we had the opportunity to and yeah um, like randomly in the like in the classroom or whatever yeah and and i was like well tanner's here too <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll cut that out <laughs> <laughs> edit point edit point <laughs> anyway that's funny though. Yeah. It is weird though. I went to school. It was probably in close proximity to Kurt. Never talked to him. I had never seen him. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like when I was in college, like I would go to class and then I would just disappear. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, I I never seen him. I, I had friends in class, but I didn't really like I, I didn't really like hanging out too much outside of class. No, I think we hung out one time and it was because uh, Melissa Vandenberg, one of our teachers, was like, she forced us as one of our assignments to go out to eat with other students. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, we went to, what was it, the Euro place downtown? Babylon, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Babylon. (laughs) I think we had to do that, too. Yeah, isn't it just we had <laughs> somebody had we to. We didn't have to go somewhere. We had to literally make something. 
We, so we, I forget we, who was we, in it. I honestly think it was me. Um, Don, you got way more than you bargained for on this. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting the entire like origin story of the podcast. And... Yeah. <laughs> it was me. Um, oh, it was Trace. Do we lose Curtis? That or he's really thinking. It's one of the two. I'm not. Nope, nope. There he is. <laughs> Let's just let his internet figure it out, you know? There you hear me? He's back. Yeah, we're, you're, yeah, you're good now. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. No. Somebody's downloading the entire Dragon Ball Z catalog in his apartment building right now. <laughs> It's okay. Hey, Patreon, these are the, the steps that we sometimes have to go through to make sure that we uh, provide good content for you. He's back. For now. Can you hear me? Yes, we yeah. can hear you now. Keep going in and out. Okay. Whatever I was going to say, it was just people that in my class that uh, I had to go. So, anyway. <laughs> I like how that fizzled out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think this next question we have is probably one of my favorites to come up on this. I don't even know how to wrap my head around this one. This is from Eric Black. Are you willing to dip an Oreo into your bourbon and eat it? If not, why not? I'll do it. I'll yeah, try I'll do it. it. Yeah. Even better, I'll dip some tagalongs in my bourbon. Why not? <laughs> yeah. You know what would probably be good? A thin mint. Yeah, oh, I can I, see that. I'd be on board with that. Yeah, you definitely see that. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I'll be one of those people that just like takes Oreos and like breaks them in half, throws them in a giant bowl, and then instead of milk, I'll just pour a thing of bourbon in there. It's theoretical, sure. Yeah, I'm all over it. I mean, I'll, I'll try. I feel like we need to individually try it this week. Come back together. It's the new uh, This Is My Bourbon Podcast Challenge. You know, I mean, everybody's got those. <laughs> Just dipping a Oreo in your in your, your glass of bourbon. See yeah, what happens. I, I think that's what, okay, for everybody, not even, not just us. Everybody on the chat, everybody on uh, that listens, they should, the challenge for this week is to dip your Oreo in bourbon. And then come back and let us know what your thoughts are. That is the most quarantine thing I've ever heard. Instead of challenge coins, we're just dipping Oreos, which are roughly challenge coin-like, into <laughs> into bourbon and eating them. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this. Because I did have Oreos, and I really could have done it, but I, I already ate them all. So. I just broke the screw cap on my uh, Heaven Hill bottle and pot. <laughs> oh. You probably have another one somewhere, so. I don't know what to do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll figure something out. Anyway. All right. Eric Black has another question here. What is the furthest you have traveled from home? Um, I don't know if Vegas is further than the Bahamas from Lexington. No clue. Uh, we're going Bahamas, right? Yeah. 
Well, he's looking at uh, Boulder, Colorado. It's the furthest I've been. I love Colorado, man. Yeah, I just remember getting to the top of Pikes Peak and then like doing this where your head's just like sideways because it's so <laughs> heavy. And I was like eight, so. Uh, it's not really working for me here. <laughs> what? Your internet's not working, Curtis? Yeah. Literally, it says, can't find a way there. <laughs> so, well, did uh, you tell it you were taking a car to the Bahamas? There's a bit of a gap in the middle. No. <laughs> oh. His internet can't find a way to. <laughs> I just put a cork in my Heaven Hill bottle. <laughs> hey, whatever works, man. Weller did it. Worked out fine for them. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to see if there's a better cork. Kurt, you're back. Uh, the furthest I've ever traveled is Hawaii. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, so the next one, next question is from Greg Reynolds. Have you opened any bottles that you are saving during this quarantine? Um, yeah, I just I just opened one for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Sean Thomas Moore. Yeah, what a jerk. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really opened anything specifically, but I've dipped in some bo- or dipped into some bottles that I thought I was kind of saving for more of a special occasion, uh, namely the Little Book Batch 1. And uh, I got into some 1792 225th the other day. Nice. So I did uh, finish off, and I probably should have included this in what we've been drinking, uh, but my Kentucky Owl Batch 1 Rye. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got for me, Swan. That one's a good one, man. I love this rye so much. I'm really sad that it's gone now. Yeah, well, I mean, Dixon would tell you you need to drink it. It's not, it's not he for, uh, it's not for saving. So, absolutely, you got it from the source right there, man. Finish it and enjoy it. <laughs> Kurt, what about you? Uh, I've been knocking out the JW Dan, dude. That, that and Samuels, man. That and Samuels, and I'm all over it. Yeah, I've been knocking that out, trying to knock that out because it's only the one one seven five, but. I I have had so much Wild Turkey 101. <laughs> that sounded like a confession. You're like, I have been so drunk during this entire quarantine. <laughs> I thought you were going down that path. Look. <laughs> no judgment, but it is it is not honesty hour, but take it how you will. Uh Patrick actually in our chat uh, clarified for me what the furthest I have been is. It's 990 miles to the Bahamas from Lexington in 1932 to Vegas. So the furthest I've ever been from home is Las Vegas, Nevada. So there you go. The more you know. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Shall we wrap this up, guys? Sure. Yeah. We got we got one one more section. The one I like. The super like, oh, oh, yeah. I forgot about tips and bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys have to recommend this week? I have, so I talked about everyone watching the Tiger King. 
I found another documentary. This one's not a show style. It's just like a movie style one where it's like two hours and it's just done. It's on Amazon. It's called the wild whites of West Virginia. It's an older one. It's an older one, but they just released it again on Amazon and it is wild. It is so wild. It's more than wild. Yeah. (laughs) When you watch that, you go, these people aren't real. Yeah. There's no way they're real. Even more so than like, Joe Exotic. Yeah. This is my West Virginia mating call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the guy that you think is the most normal on the here? show is in jail. And then when you find out what he did, you're like, no, 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 no. That's not okay. You can't do that. That's not good. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a great recommendation. People should definitely go watch that. Uh, mine is it's a new Netflix show uh, called Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Dude. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. You uh, took you took mine. Oh, did I? Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll figure something else out. I've right, got plenty cool. of stuff. I need scrambles. Um, I've got plenty of stuff. Let me look at my phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hold on. Yeah, yeah. So it is an improv show with... Um, do you know this? their specific names? I only know them from... One from Parks and Rec and one from Silicon Valley. Yeah, Tom, get- Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz. Okay, so yeah. Thomas get- Middleditch was on Silicon Valley and Ben Schwartz was uh, Jean Ralphio on yeah. Parks and Rec. I knew it was their names. I just don't, didn't know their like first name, yeah. like their yeah. full names. Uh, but it's all an improv show. They come out and uh, there's three episodes, and they ask. They ask the audience, like, what is exciting or what's what are what are you fearful for, like, in the coming future, some sort of event. And then they ask questions, have a little bit of a conversation with the audience member. And then they go through and have a fully improv pretty much 45 to 50 minutes of them just improving an entire show. And it's hilarious. It is so good. Mm-hmm. So definitely get on Netflix and watch that. So I'll, I'll recommend uh, a movie too. I just watched this week uh, what might be one of my favorite movies to come out in the past decade, The Lighthouse. I haven't seen it. It is. It's a black and white film shot on like old style film film in a camera um, with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. And hmm. it's about two guys who have, uh, they, they work uh, at a lighthouse on an Island. It's just the two of them. It's about basically their descent into madness. And it is beautiful. It is a, a wonderfully shot film the acting is impeccable. There are storylines in it within storylines that like if if you like solid answers at the end of movies, this one might leave you a little bit disappointed. But it is so well produced and well acted that I just like I almost considered watching it over again after I finished it. That's always good. Yeah. I I can't recommend that movie enough. I liked it more than Parasite. Wow. And I loved Parasite. So. Hmm. 
I'll have to watch it. You should. You absolutely should. All right. I think that does it for this week's episode of This My Bourbon Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for yet another week. Guys, thank you for being here as always. Where can people find you on social media if they would like to do that? I'm on Instagram and Facebook at My Bourbon Finder. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at KurtCon and Twitter, Kurt underscore Con 15. And I am at PRIDO1492 on all social media channels. The show itself is at My Bourbon Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can also leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app. We'll be happy to read those out on the show if you do leave one of those reviews. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. I think we still have a sale going on uh, there at the moment, so you can go and check all that out. You can leave us a voicemail for our Barrel Ring segment at 859-428-8253. We'll be happy to listen to whatever it is you have to say to us and respond accordingly. You can become a part of our Facebook group uh, on facebook.com. You just search for This Is My Bourbon Group. And we will get you in there to have some really great conversations. That's where you can ask questions about, uh, or for the show, rather, uh, that we answer on air like we have been doing on this episode. And then last but not least, patreon.com slash podcast is where you can become a supporter of the show for as little as a dollar a month. For as little as $5 a month, you get bonus content. Uh, like the bonus episodes that come out every uh, every month. The pregame chats that come out every week, the day before uh, the main episode, uh, some live streams, some hangouts, stuff like that. Uh, so you can go over there again. Patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast is where you can uh, keep the lights on in the studio. Curtis just did a shot out of a little sample bottle. Nah, it wasn't a shot. It was just the last bit of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. I was like, what's going on over there, Kurt? You turning up on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah. <laughs> <Or> anyway, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. We will be back next week with another hot, great new episode. We'll find out what, what happens together. But until then, I'm Perry. I'm Curtis. And I'm Swan. And this is my Bourbon Podcast. Bourbon Podcast.